Never doubt the zone. Make you eat the crow. Laughing in your face. Laughing to the bank. She can keep the Hello and welcome to the Hearts Handle Sports Podcast. My name's Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. LeBron James, ridiculous performance against the Clippers last night. What a game. Lakers win the last game ever between the Clippers and the Lakers at Staples Center. I know it's crypto, but you know, it will always be Staples Center for Laker fans. And I have one solution for the All-Star game, All-Star Weekend. That I don't think people have mentioned yet. I think it's a good idea. Overall, I know it's been over a week since the All-Star game and dunk contest. Atrocious, atrocious stuff. For the most part, I'm very down on it. But I do have one solution that might save it. And in La Liga, Modric scores the winner this weekend against Sevilla, against Ramos. A spectacular goal. Beautiful celebration. We'll touch on that. Modric, the magician, Scores a banger against Sevilla. All of that on this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. LeBron James leads a 21-point comeback against the Clippers. Outscores the Clippers in the fourth quarter, 19-16. to Scores five threes in the fourth for the second time in his career. What a dog. What a vintage performance by LeBron James. Amazing, amazing stuff. Um, D'Lo scores a clutch three. Lately, he's been hitting these threes where he catches it pretty high and releases it like almost automatically. It's It's been insane. But LeBron James taking the game over, winning the last game ever at Crypto Arena at Staples Center um, between the Clippers and the Lakers. It was a Clippers home game, but as everyone knows, they're moving to the Intuit Arena next year. It looks like it's a beautiful arena, but this is the last time that the Lakers and Clippers are going to share the arena. Maybe they see each other in the playoffs, but it was an important match. LeBron James comes through and wins it. We'll touch on the game, but this makes it where he only needs 40 points against the Wizards tonight, I believe, to get to 40K points. I would not be surprised if he goes all out for it, drops a 40-burger on them, one of the worst teams in the NBA, and gets it done tonight. But on that game, Man, to see LeBron hit threes after threes after threes after threes, it's a scary sight because he can still put his head down. He had a beautiful like shot where he drove to the to the hole and then he hit a bank shot falling away. And, and it's just amazing how he can still drive like very, very efficiently to the rim. But when LeBron is hitting threes, it is a scary sight, man. There's nothing you could do. It's it's really a sight to be sight to see. And then he had the defense on Kawhi at the end when Kawhi was going for the for the game tying two, and LeBron played good defense. So like LeBron can still lock down when he needs to, and he can still get buckets when he when he has it going. I wouldn't say people have been saying after this performance that when he wants to, he can still turn it on. I, I will slightly disagree because I have seen LeBron kind of try to get to that level and he can't. Which is understandable at that age. It's not a shot against LeBron. I think the most accurate assessment is that he could get to that level. And it's not necessarily up to him. It's, it's up to his body, which is kind of up to him. But it's like it's how he's feeling that night. Like there's nights I'm, I'm sure where he wants to turn it on, but he can't. It's just his body's not right or the age or, you know, whatever it is. But the nights that he can get to that level, he he's still probably the best player in the league, which is amazing at age 38, 39. Whatever, he's at, whatever age he's at right now, it's pretty ridiculous that he can still get to that level. I don't think 
LeBron necessarily can pick and choose. Like, I'm sure last year there was a couple games against the Nuggets where he wanted to get to that level and he just couldn't. So I don't think that statement is necessarily correct that he could get to this level whenever he wants. He he just can't do it every night. He has to pick and choose. I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's necessarily up to him because it was up to him. He would do it like you know in very important games more often. I think it's just he gets a couple shots going. He 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 gets a little momentum and then he's able to get to that level if he sees some shots fall. If his energy's up then he could he could get to that level. And that's no shot against him. Like the fact that he's doing this at age thirty nine, like it's it's insane. It's insane. I used to be a big detractor of saying LeBron is the greatest of all time, but the more he plays later into his career and the more he has vintage games and just puts up these crazy stat lines, the more I'm inclined to be like, you know what? He might not need to get to six titles to be the greatest ever. Like, the, what he's doing, what we're seeing is just unheard of. It's unparalleled. It's ridiculous. But overall, great victory for the Lakers. Um, they stay in the hunt for the playoffs. They're in the play-in right now. Will they creep into a regular playoff spot, get to that sixth seed? We'll see. If the I think there's like 10 or 11 teams in the West that are, have a positive record right now. So it's gonna be it's going to be hard to the end of the season, but... Overall, great victory for the Lakers, winning the last regular season matchup between the Clippers and the Lakers, where they're both um, occupying Crypto Arena as their home. We'll see how it goes uh, into it. Hopefully, the Lakers take over that arena, but overall, great victory by the Lakers. And now that the All-Star game has passed, the NBA regular season is more entertaining. Like, we just had a classic Clipper versus Lakers game, amazing, great game throughout. We've had some other good games on TNT, on NBA TV, uh, on NBA League Pass. There's been some great NBA games since the All-Star game. And you can kind of notice the intensity rack up. You know, it picks up after the All-Star game. But the one thing that we can't fix, it seems like, is the intensity during the All-Star game itself. And not going to lie, I was pretty down after this year's all-star game for two reasons next year the all-star game is here in san francisco at chase center i'm planning on going uh even though i was down i still plan on going but it's just i was like well what am i even gonna go for next year like this is not fun this is boring like layup line dunk line and a bunch of threes which is cool you're still seeing the best players in the world in front of you all gathering in the same place which is cool but it's also like, come on, just try a little bit. Like, everyone's been using that. Like, they try harder in pickup games during the summer. They try harder at, you know, a random college, at the Drew League. Why can't they just bring that intensity to the All-Star game? You know, people have been flirting with the idea of copying the MLB and whoever wins it gets home field in the finals. I think that's good. That's a good start. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. The one solution that I do have, and I think it's a good one, and it's based off the changes that happened this year in the NBA. So if you guys don't know, before you could miss as many games as you want, if your numbers were great, if people thought you had a great season, you would be eligible to make the MVP, to win the MVP, to be first team all NBA, to win comeback player of the year, rookie of the year, all that good stuff, coach of the year. Well, coaches don't really miss games, but you get the point. This year is the first year that they implemented the 65-game rule. So if you don't play 65 games, you're not eligible for any of those awards. MVP, first team, all NBA, all of that good stuff. 
the reason that matters, not necessarily because you want to win those awards and they have a lot of prestige and it'll look good. You know, you want that picture. You want to hang it up on your wall. You want to put it in, in your nightstand. You, you, when you retire, you want to talk about, yeah, I won, you know, comeback player of the year, six men of the year, MVP. It's not just necessarily because of that. The main importance or one of the main things is that if you make the all NBA team or teams, then you're eligible for that super max or that super ultra max. I forget what it is. I think if you're if you're back to back, you could get the super. If you win it that season, then you're eligible for the super max. So a lot of implications. If if you get like a five year over a five four or five year deal, that could be like fifty million dollars. So we've seen players, you know, I think Embiid got a little more hurt because he was trying to play to keep that 65 game minimum. So players are definitely aware of that. And I think that moves the needle. So the way we could implement it into the All-Star game, I believe, is you either remove the 65 requirement or you give them like the MVP of the All-Star game is eligible for any award that season, regardless of injury or regardless of games missed, which I think would be good because as we're winding down in the end of the season, you might be getting close to 65, but you also want to rest so that you're fresh for the playoffs. Try hard in the All-Star game, and that gives you, you know, you win the All-Star MVP, and now down the, down the stretch, you have that flexibility of I could sit as many games as I want, still be eligible for, you know, all NBA team, still be able to get the Supermax at the end of the season if I'm up, and still be eligible for MVP and all that stuff, and I'm able to rest strategically. If I pick up an injury, it's not the big of a deal. I'm still going to be eligible for all these awards. Maybe we don't go the whole way where you could just miss as many as you want, but maybe you get, like, 10 more games. So, like, if if maybe the winning team, the winning team in the All-Star game, gets 10 extra games each player gets 10 extra games that they can miss and still be eligible so instead of playing 65 the winning team only has to play 55 and the mvp gets no cap they can miss as many games as they want if they get injured it's good they're still eligible for those awards i think that's something that people haven't talked about from from the analysis that i've done i think it makes a little bit of sense i think it it will incentivize players to play hard, I think that's a good one. I think people want to make the first team all NBA. They want to be eligible for six men of the year, MVP, all that good stuff. And the monetary compensation is there. Like they want to get those all NBA so that they're eligible for super maxes. So I think that's a pretty good idea. I haven't seen anyone talk about it, but I think it's a pretty solid idea. Let me know what you guys think. You know, I, I think everyone's just trying to fix this. I was pretty upset how boring and bad the game was because the commissioner was going on shows pat mcafee first things first i think or not first things first, but pat mcafee maybe first take he was he was doing media and he was going there and telling them the players have been informed that we want them to try in the Oscar game we put emphasis on this it was in indiana so hal Britton was doing a lot of media too he was going on uh pat mcafee and other shows too and he was talking about like yeah well, the, the commissioner let us know and we're aware of that we're going to try this year and for them to break the points record this year embarrassing so Hopefully, they do something to fix it for next year when it's here in San Francisco. But we're going to hold our breath. If, if someone listens to this and thinks it's a good idea and has a connection, you know, push it forward. Let them know. Take the cap off. Winning team doesn't have the 65-game restriction or at least gets 10 more games. MVP of the, of the All-Star game has no game restriction. 
Let's do it. And to finish, Luka Modric scores the winner against Sevilla. Beautiful celebration. Real Madrid still top of the league, building that cushion against second place. Amazing game. Luka Modric comes off the bench to score the winner. And man, if you see the picture of them celebrating, lifting Luka Modric, putting him up on the barrier, just a beautiful celebration overall. If you're a Madrid fan, it's a sight to be seen. Enjoying Luka Modric in what seems to be his last season with Madrid. Just leave it out on the field. The passion that he celebrates his goal. He's, Luka Modric, he does show emotion. He's by no means like even keel and not emotion or emotionless. But he doesn't like really release it like super front and forward all the time. So to see him celebrate that goal and, and really let it all out, yell, scream, be embraced by the players... It was a beautiful sight. It was a that game overall, even though it was a one zero goal and you know they, they took a goal back from Real Madrid and it was the game was kinda sloppy for a little bit. Uh Bellingham was hurt. Um Lunin had a couple saves that um, you know, kept Madrid in it from going down. Um it was a beautiful game to be honest. To welcome Sergio Ramos, our old captain, led us to four Champions League back into the Bernabeu, seeing the players embrace him, seeing them you know, have little chit chats during the game, have, like you know, give each other pats on the back. Ramos still looking out for the Ramos players to not get a double yellow, stuff like that. It was a beautiful sight to see our captain come back. I have, I will always have love for Sergio Ramos. He's he was our captain. He was a fierce leader. He was, you know, he was our first enforcer. He was the defender of every single player. Whenever a scuffle would happen, he would go front and center and put himself between our players and the opposition. I will always have love for Sergio Ramos. So it was nice to welcome him back to the Bernabeu. And then to see Luka Modric score the winner, a banger of a goal. It reminded me of the goal he scored against Manchester United, I believe, in the Champions League many, many years ago. Probably like 2014, around there, 2012. Reminded me of that goal. And the celebration was just beautiful. The, the players embracing Luka, Lukita, um, lifting him up, him showing emotion, letting everything out. It kind of felt like he was, he kind of knows this is probably his last goal or one of his last goals with Madrid, Madrid, and to let it all out, it was it was a beautiful sight. Like I said, as a Madrista, even though the game was not the best, um, we didn't play our best, we did get the victory, it was beautiful in many other ways. Welcoming Ramos back to the Bernabeu, seeing Modric being embraced by the players, the career he's had with Real Madrid, from scrutiny, from criticizing the move, the transfer to Madrid, to him winning Ballon de Oro, growing as a player, having one of the largest primes in any midfielder's career ever, you know, becoming a Real Madrid legend, and for him to score that goal, uh, it's just, it's like the old guard is still there. Sergio Ramos coming back, Luka Modric, Kroos sharing the field. It was it was beautiful. It was, it was a great game. Beautiful winner. Real Madrid, I think they're seven points clear in the La Liga race. Hopefully they're able to close it out this season and Madrid could lift La Liga and we'll see what we do in Champions League. But beautiful, beautiful moment this weekend against Sevilla. But that should do it for this episode of the Hearts Handle Sports Podcast. As always, if you made it to the end, I appreciate you so much. Hala Madrid and Arriba La America. America versus Chivas play three times in like a week. Hopefully America gets it done. Peace. When I slide, no sudden moves. All my goons are stretching. And I'm taxing for the feet. All my damn collections.